the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. We are fortunate to be alive at this moment in history. I can hear you. The truth is plain to see. If you want freedom, take pride in your country. If you want democracy, hold on to your sovereignty. It's time for the Pro-America Report with Ed Martin of The Answer San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here, Pro-America Report. Great to be with you tonight. So much happening all across America. All across America, so much happening. So many things going on. And the problem is, when you go to find out what's going on, you just can't trust the news. You can't trust the news. That's the problem. That's the problem. We'll talk a little bit about that tonight. In a few minutes, we'll talk with David Horowitz, the great David Horowitz of the David Horowitz Freedom Center. He, uh, well, we're going to talk about his book. He's got a new book out. I'm going to tell him that I was uh, nosing around my old mentor, Phyllis Schlafly's library, and I found uh, David Horowitz's memoir from about 15 years ago. And I, it's about a 150-page book, and I started to read it. I couldn't stop. I read the whole thing. It's very interesting. He's, of course, an accomplished writer, David Horowitz. has written probably 35, 40 books and... Um, but also his career arc is really interesting, and, and it's, uh, he's just a fascinating guy. So we'll talk with him. We'll also get an update. Yesterday, we, last night, we talked to Iowa. Today, we'll talk to Idaho. We've got a great friend of mine up in Idaho. We'll talk with her about what's happening there. They've, got, uh, they've been invaded by Californians, so they're messing up the politics there. They've also got some uh, mail-in balloting issues, and a uh, state representative from Idaho will join us in a few minutes. But before we get to that, you know, it's time. It's time for the wink, what you need to know. We start out the show. I tell you what you need to know. If you only can tune in for these uh, eight or nine minutes, you'll get all your problems focused. You'll and you put put the problems aside. You'll get the one you should focus on. And today is going to be a special one. Before I get to that, let me remind you, go to ProAmericaReport.com, ProAmericaReport.com, and sign up there for the Daily Wink if you don't get it already. What you need to know, come in your mailbox at 5 a.m. Well, not your snail mailbox, your email box. 5 a.m. Pacific Time, 8 a.m. East Coast Time, what you need to know, a couple of key links, a couple of key points. Uh, you'll start your day out with uh, the ammo you need to get through the day. So, and the reason I do that is the same as what you need to know. The same, these are going to all come together. The simple fact is this. We have been betrayed by the fake news media. We've been betrayed by the lamestream media. We've been betrayed by the media. Journalism is dead you know, television is destroyed. The, the, the news outlets have become not just participants in the political discourse, but because they are that and they probably always were that. 
but they've also become uh, kind of, um, how to say it, like dirty fighters, dirty players. They, they're hiding things now. They're not just telling us the facts and, and so, you know, wanting to spin. They're ignoring facts. They're, they're keeping things away. Here's one example, by the way. Do you know that the rest of the world is experiencing uh, coronavirus, the Wuhan virus, the China virus outbreaks, just like we are? You know, the people are making a big deal. Oh, there's a second wave, a second wave. The fact is, this stupid virus is very contagious. But it's not only in America. And the other thing the media won't tell you, they won't. Have you seen a media outlet tell this story? Here's a headline. I can tell you the story and I can tell you no one, not even Fox, has written this one. Here it is. Other nations lie about how many people have the virus in their country. And it's not just China. China's lying the whole time. China can't tell the truth. Sky is green. China says, oh, sky is green. Sorry. They're lying all the time. But so are other nations. None of the na- none of the politicians in those nations want. So they're all lying. You hear any coverage of that? And in America, the thing you can do in America, you cannot do in America, is lie about it because we have 50 states and a District of Columbia and Puerto Rico and all these local authorities, and ha- half of them are from different political parties, and they want to show it. And they're all, it's I'm not complaining. I'm just explaining. But the simple fact is, the media is not telling us the story on that. All they're doing is trying to tell us one side, which is the sky is falling, the world is ending. Why? Because they make money on it. And they're using, the, they're using the sophistication now of, the pow- of their power, sophistication and power of the media to drive us nuts. We've talked about this a lot. And, we, and I may be, I mean, you may feel like I'm beating a dead, ho- dead horse on that. But the reason I do the wink every morning, 5 a.m. in your in- email box, is because you got to get some real info. The reason that we're talking about the fake news failing is because you got to get some. And it's, it's destroying the country. That's not true. It's damaging the country. That's better. That's better. You know, they, for, for about 50 days, they were uh, rioting in Portland and nobody covered it. Until about day 51, when the president, I think, sent in some federal troops to stop them from burning down a a federal building, then they covered it. I mean, the media has gotten so bad, it's extraordinary. And here's what you need to know. What you need to know is there is one force. There's one force standing up to this, and that's this Trump administration. Not perfectly, imperfectly. But I'm going to get to the I'm going to get to something that we talked about three months ago. It finally came to fruition and we're going to see the fruit of that. And that is the 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 American uh, the American the government wing that has like Voice of America and all those American sort of uh, uh, media outlets. We, we helped you and I, our listeners. We had him as a guest on the show probably five times. Then we had uh, conversations about who needs to help him. His name is Michael Pack. He heads that division. I'll talk about it in a minute, but I want to go back to this. There's a poll out, Gallup, and Gallup has a poll about the media. And it polled 84% of the American people polled by Gallup. And Gallup is not a conservative thing, right? Gallup is not is a conservative thing, not a conservative outlet. 84% said that the media has a great deal of responsibility, great deal of blame, or a moderate amount of blame. So total of both of those, 48% great, great deal of blame, 36% moderate amount. But in other words, the, the 84% said the media is to blame for the political division. 
In other words, there was another poll or, or survey out a couple of days ago the, in, the, in this pandemic period. The, the two groups that have gone down in approval dramatically are airlines and the media, journalism. And my point here is the American people aren't fooled. A bunch of them are being driven crazy. A bunch of them are recognizing what's happening but can't stop going to watch CNN or MSNBC or even Fox. But they're not fooled by it. They're not fooled by it. And, and, and what you need to know is it's not going to break down. It's broken down. It's not going to be a problem and maybe you won't get the truth. It's, it is a problem now. And, you know, what you need to know is what you're feeling, and 84% of Americans agree, but what you're feeling is that we are not being well served. In fact, you're, it's the enemy of the people. Right. That's what you're feeling. That's what you're going through. And so here's the story I want to point towards. This should give you hope. This should be a part of what you're, you're, uh, what is happening that makes you feel better about the direction of the country, at least as it comes to the swamp. Okay. So there's a piece over it's on real clear politics. I'll put it up on social media, but you know, the, the organization we're talking about is the U.S. Agency for Global Media. Okay, the U.S. Agency for Global Media is actually the name. They renamed it a year or two ago, maybe two years ago. And it's it's a Voice of America. It's all the different uh, U.S. broadcast agency, they call it. All the different areas uh, of, 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 uh, that you would put, um, uh, you know, out. It includes Internet, includes um, all the uh, – in the old days, you had uh, Radio Free Europe, all those kinds of things. It used to be called the Broadcasting Board of Governors. I'm trying to look and see if I have the list that I started to say. But it also has a ton of IT uh, technology and, and digital and all that stuff. But here's the thing. Michael Pack, you remember this? Michael Pack... He was at the Claremont Institute out in California, a good conservative guy. He was a documentary filmmaker. He made a documentary on Clarence Thomas recently, very good. And he finally was confirmed after three years to this office, and he started cleaning house. He started cleaning house and putting new people in. A whole bunch of the journalists quit because they didn't want to have to deal with it. It took him three years to get in there. But it turns out one of the things he did was they checked on how they hired 1,500 employees. And, and you know, uh, uh, oh, excuse me, they, they checked the background of 1,500 employees. That's only 40% of the agencies of, of the agency total. And it turns out they, they're foreign nationals, a lot of them, because they're doing all this international stuff. They didn't do background checks. In the agency that is supposed to be promoting American truth, American facts, the reality of us in this country, you have an agency hiring people without doing background checks. Iranians, Chinese. It's laughable. And there's Michael Pack standing on the front lines, getting beat up in the press, too, but doing the right thing. Here's the, here's the thing you have to know. The only thing standing between us and total, the total barbarians of the media running things is, this, is Trump. He just makes them totally crazy. He, he makes them crazy because he stands up. He tells the truth. He, he, he pulls them here and there. He, he jerks them around. He tells the truth by calling them fake news. And he, does, he disrupts their narrative. It's extraordinary to watch. It's what you need to know. You, what you need to know is the media has failed us and Trump is fighting for us. Not perfect. Not perfect. But it's real. And it's real positive. All right, we got to take a break. When we come back. We'll talk with our old friend, David Horowitz. Talk about a guy that knows how to fight. We'll talk with him about what's going on in his new book, as well as uh, more. Be right back. It's Ed Martin. We're here listening to Pro-America Report. We'll be back in a moment. 
This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Our old friend David Horowitz joins us. He, of course, is the author of uh, a Blitz. Blitz. We'll talk about that in a moment. He's a best-selling author uh, of uh, Blitz as well as other books. Blitz, it's called Trump Will Smash the Left and Win. Uh, but I have to tell you, David, I was reading. I'm, I'm, vi- I'm visiting St. Louis. I'm in St. Louis. I spent some time. I was in Phyllis Schlafly's library at the Phyllis Schlafly Center. And on her shelf, David Horowitz, is one of your other books, The End of Time. And I took it. I'm, I took it. I'm, I had my family's back on the East Coast, and I sat up the other night and read the whole thing. I read it was I don't know, it's 150 pages, 160 pages, and I went all the way through it. And it's fa- it's fantastic. So welcome, David Horowitz. How are you tonight, David? I'm doing good. Um, so listen, it's uh, it's fat. Just let me ask you about the end of time. You know, it, it, you it's it's 15 years old. You just at that moment, at that time that you're writing it, you you had cancer. Um, so that's a long time ago now. Uh, but it was, it's kind of a memoir, but it's not a memoir. It's kind of a, it's, it's funny because you've done so many books since it felt like an, a capstone to your career. It turns out it's in the middle of your career. I don't know. What's, what's the reception at the end of time and what's your thoughts about I it now? I have followed it up. I think I, I, I wrote two, two other books like it and I've collected uh-huh. them. I, I, I will, uh, I'll get you a copy in a book called Mortality and Faith. It's autobiographical, it's philosophical, um, and uh, I think it's my best work, actually. Well, I have to tell you... Well, because people people want politics from me. I mean, there's, you know, some politics in it, but... Not a lot. Yeah, it's it, it, the other. T- the we're talking with David Horowitz, and and of course, there's so many things that David Horowitz has done, and, and we'll talk more about them. But I have to say, David, the other thing when I put it down, I thought David Horowitz, a little bit like Phyllis Schlafly, does a lot of did a lot of th- does a lot of things. She did too. But you're really a writer. I mean, you, you, you I, I, as I read it, I thought he's a writer. This this man is a writer. And so let me reference here: Blitz Trump will how Trump will sm- Trump will smash the left and win. David, we watch these polls. The media is feeding us the negativity they say the presence on his heels is the president on his heels no you can't you, I, I I'm, I'm speechless at the level of lying and fakery that the Democrats and the left and all these intellectual liars do I mean you watch them on TV the they're all peaceful protests. Oh, there's uh, some violence. It must be a white supremacist doing the, <laughs> the violence. Right. Oh, there are federal agents trying to protect the courthouse. They're Gestapo. Uh, it's just unreal. It, the media is rigged, and so are the polls rigged. But the the main thing is that people don't want to talk to pollsters. They don't people. I forget the exact statistic, but it's something over 60% of Republicans hide their views. And they hide their views because, look, we're dealing with communists. People have to understand that. They have to understand the Democrat Party is behaving like a communist party. They destroy you. It's no longer, you know, a civilized discussion. It's no longer American pluralism where we're supposed to have many points of view and respect each other. 
The Democrats set out and they they set out to destroy you. Look at what they did to the Attorney General of the United States. This guy had a 30-year career of really spotless career in at the upper reaches of our government. Uh, but but because he's a, Trump's Attorney General now, you know he's a stooge. He's in you know Trump's pocket. Uh, and when they have a hearing for him, all it is is a series of indictments. They don't let him speak. Uh, they call him all kinds of names. Uh, they lie to his face. And when he tries to set the record straight, they shut him up, reclaiming my time. So I don't <laughs> right. believe the polls. I don't believe the polls. Um, you know, the Rasmussen poll was the most accurate in the last election. They have Trump at a 51% approval rating. Um, and, you know, within whatever it is, two points or something of, of Biden. But I think there's a, mm-hmm. you know, a, a really large, silent majority out there. I think people, he, here's why. What we have in our country now is that 400 cities have been torched. They... Uh, Defunded, eliminated police departments, leaving people in in urban areas on their own facing criminals. Uh, murder rates are skyrocketing. Crime rates are skyrocketing. Yeah, well, what do you think the average person feels? What what does the average person want from their government? Safety. They want borders to keep out uh, sex traffickers, cartel members, common criminals and viruses, and they want their cities to be safe. The black community, by a margin of like 20%, wants more police. When I did right. crime stories in South Central Los Angeles, I would ask, you know, I, I did to do the mothers of murdered children by, in, by, gang, uh, by the gangs down there. I'd say, what's your complaint about the police? They're not enough of them, and they're not here when you need them. That was the complaint. Mm-hmm. So, right. uh, yeah, right. I'm confident that, that uh, Trump will win. We're talking with we're well, talking I'm David Horowitz, his newest book. book. Yeah, yeah, good. And uh, that's because uh, he fights. I, I, wa- I wanted to make sure to let people know the book. The the. Uh, the book is uh, Blitz. Trump will smash the left and win. Available everywhere books are. It's, it's uh, it climbed up and it's interesting. It was out and then we we had you on. We talked about it. It's up on the it's on the New York Times bestseller list. It's 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 getting very popular. Um, David, you, you know one thing that was interesting to me last weekend. I think it was the New York Times took after Stephen Miller and decided to make you a big part of that. Right? You you suddenly uh, were you're you're the you're the uh, you're the they're trying to still figure out how Stephen Miller got so successful. So you're the man behind that. Um, but Talk to me about when you hear people say Trump hasn't done enough. You know, you get that from some on the right. And you you want to say any president since Abraham Lincoln. There's no president even comes close to his achievements. And he's only had he hasn't even had one term. And one term he's done more than, you know, every president since Lincoln did in two terms. Um, you know, it's astounding what he's done when you think about it for a second. Uh, you know, I just like I never paid that much attention to trade issues and economics. I was always about politics and the culture. 
But look what he did. He has exposed the fact that Bush, Clinton, and Obama were either so lazy, so corrupt, or so just didn't care that they allowed China and Europe and Japan to steal trillions of dollars every year for whatever it was, 20 years until he came along and renegotiated these deals, you know, by threatening them with tariffs. And he was opposed by every, everybody. Wall Street said that you can't use tariffs that way. There'll be tariff wars. It's bad. The Republicans said it. Of course, the Democrats said it. And he did it anyway. And he, he succeeded. Same thing with, like, NATO. I mean, our, our presidents, and it's all of them, Republican and Democrat alike, uh, you know, we under we underwriting Germany's defense. That's idiotic. Germany's a rich right. country. They're supposed to contribute 2% to NATO. And I, I forget how much money he's got. It's over $100 billion he got them to for, the Europeans to fork up. So that American taxpayers don't have to pay the burden. He's a remarkable achiever. Uh, You know, he talks a little too much. um, And they take advantage (laughs) of it. But other than that, I mean, he's, he's just been brilliant as a president. Uh, we're talking with David Horowitz, and David, it's, I want a couple things. I want a frontpagemag.com. A lot of our folks know the work that he, that's his crew that uh, does a lot of the work there and his writings there, but also make sure David Horowitz, Freedom Centers in L.A., uh, the, the amazing work they do, and again, his book, which is climbing, is called Blitz, Trump Will Smash the Left and Win. But I want to ask you one more question, David Horowitz. Because you know the communists, you know the left. They, they, the, this president has smoked them out. They're burning our cities because he smoked them out. The media is going crazy because he smoked them out. The swamp is going nuts because he smoked them out. But when he wins, they're not going to stop, right? I mean, in some no, ways, four it, our, years our, of war. Oh yes, it's going to be a long time before this country comes through this. Uh, it's really terrible. I mean, what's happened is the left has exposed itself. It's shown how powerful it is, and it has, you know, giant corporations behind it. It's got all the, uh, you know, uh, the Soros, I hate calling them philanthropies, they're just tax-exempt political operations. Uh, Ford, Rockefeller, all these giant um, foundations of way to the left. And the Democrat Party has gone, it's all been a cliff. It's a racist party. It, it, it tried to overthrow a legitimately elected president with lies that it knew were lies about the Russia collusion. It's tried to blame him for every coronavirus death when he doesn't control one health care system in the, in the country that they're controlled at the state level. It's Andrew Cuomo who sent the COVID patients into the nursing homes and killed all those old people. Trump, Trump, what did Trump do? He did what he's supposed to do. He got all these ventilators. We're the number one producer of ventilators in the world. He got all these masks. He got all these, you know, we test more people than anybody else in the world, thanks to Trump. And he's going to get vaccines. He's done a wonderful job of fighting the virus. And he's trying to do the hard thing as a leader of reopening the country. And now, you know, the stories but, but, about all the t- tuberculosis, 
tuberculosis kills like something like a million and a half people a year and and shutting people in closing down the economy uh is created you know intensified the tuberculosis epidemic also a lot i'm sure illegal immigration has a lot to do with that as well and and and, well and the remarkable leader yeah, well, and David, I got to run. David Horowitz, I'm, I'm, so the, thing, the, the, the one takeaway from this that people have to understand, that's why David Horowitz's voice is so important. And his, his book is Good Blitz, but his other books, uh, especially on the history of the left, are important for people to read and understand because, as you said, after Trump wins... They're still going to fight. It, it, it doesn't end. It's not going to say, oh, good. Well, you won. It's, it's, a, it's a battle that continues. And, and, and thank you, David Horowitz. I got to run. Uh, David Horowitz, again, I'll put it all up all right, on social David. media, his newest book. And I appreciate it very much, David. Thank you. I'm going to send you mortality and say you'll love the next, the next volume. It's, it's called A Point right. in Time. Uh, okay. Sounds great. Thanks, David. We, okay. I appreciate it. Thanks very much. All right. We'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Be back in a moment. The Pro-America Report with Ed Martin on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here in the Pro-America Report. Boy, that David Horowitz is something. I The only problem is I'd li- I, he, I, we should give him like two hours and just let him talk because he, he goes into all these different side things. And he knows the history of it, and he's been in, this, in the battles for, uh, for 65 years. I think he was a teenager when he first got in. He's in his 80s now, I think. Amazing. Um, so David Horowitz, he's a national tre- treasure, frontpagemag.com. Check out his stuff. And that interview with him, we'll, I'll have it posted over at, uh, at uh, proamericareport.com as a standalone segment or over on social media, at Eagle Ed Martin, Facebook Live, Ed Martin Live. So all those places you can find that. Uh, and we'll also have any of these interviews you hear in any of these segments. You'll hear them all. So our next guest is uh, Tammy Nichols. Tammy Nichols is a state representative in the Idaho legislature. Uh, she, for many Many years was one of Phyllis Schlafly's well, great friends and activists in the state, uh, doing lots of conservative things and raising her family and having a family business, small business, and um, now she's got to serve in the legislature, which is a kind of torture. It's like a, it's like a, uh, like uh, she did something wrong. She got to pay a penance. So, uh, welcome back, Tammy. How are you? Hey, Ed. I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. First thing I want to ask, because our listeners, our show originates out of San Diego, The Answer San Diego. So a lot of our, our Californians, I know when, when I visited you in Idaho, we went out, we were doing some visiting folks and, uh, and politicking and checking things out. A lot of Californians moved to Idaho. It's not always the best thing for Idaho, is it? You know what? We have people moving in from all over. They are trying to, uh, lo- the majority of them are trying to escape, you know, what's happening in their current states. And they feel that Idaho is that beacon of freedom. And, uh, and so, yes, we have people coming from California and from Washington and Oregon and Nevada and all sorts of places, all, all here to Idaho. Uh, we're talking with Tammy Nichols. Tammy, the, the, um, is, uh, I mean, I was teasing when I said it's a good thing, but it is changing Idaho, right? I mean, even in the, in, in the last 10, 15 years, you're seeing the electorate change. You're seeing the policies change. I guess, it, it, you know, in Idaho, I'm not, let's not be silly. It's not gotten liberal yet, but it's changing the dynamic, right? Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, we are seeing several of our areas. It seems like 
to me, and I see this in a lot of states, wherever you have universities or your or your colleges, that seems to be the places where things start changing first. And it's kind of interesting to me. But that's what we're seeing happening here in Idaho, uh, where our co- colleges are, like in Boise and, and Moscow and, and those areas. That's where we tend to see more of the, the purple color come in, a little bit more of the liberal, li- liberal element um, in the political realm. So, yeah, it's, yeah. it's interesting, so, so, um, but we are seeing that happening here as well. Well, and and one of the tricks is they'll, they'll start out with taxes. They might not start out with the social issues, but, you know, you talk to folks that are in places like Arizona and Nevada. They come out and they suddenly start uh, ratcheting up taxes and, and growing the – they'll do school board, uh, you know, bond issuances, and you're suddenly catching yourself like, wait a second, we were we didn't need all this before, but here we are. Uh, but let me ask you about Idaho for Trump. Uh, is it Trump country? Is there any of the uh, – is it a silent majority? Are people looking up and saying, wait a second, why are they burning – cities in Portland why you know what's going on here where how's the how's the tenor in Idaho uh, uh, when it comes to the national party and the, and the president yeah in Idaho it is very much Trump, a Trump state, um, especially if you go out to the rural parts of Idaho, you see a lot of Trump flags and signs and things along those lines. And so, yes, we have a, a, an overwhelming support for um, Trump. I was actually a delegate this year for the president. Um, you know, unfortunately, they canceled the event uh, in Florida that we were going to be attending, but I did get to cast my vote um, for my state here in Idaho uh, for President Trump. And so, yes, we we overwhelmingly have have his back um a lot of the people that are moving here are also trump supporters the the good you know conservative ones that we have that are are coming to our state are trump supporters and um yeah i would say the majority of people here are are pleased with what the president's doing um this has been quite an interesting time period we've all been living through Um, my dentist likes to call it the the living the dream within the nightmare and uh and that's kind of how how a lot of people say I think right now. But um, yeah, we, we support the president in, in many, many ways. And, um, and we're excited to, to see him reelected this November. So it doesn't seem like anybody is uh, is left out of this movement to do mail-in balloting. And I noticed a piece in the Idaho Statesman, I think, five or six days ago. I can't tell if it's a columnist. Um, Scott McIntosh is the author, but he goes. It's a lengthy, lengthy uh, argument, like a not not really a screed. That's not fair. Uh, yeah, he's the he's the opinion editor there, Scott McIntosh, and um, all for how mail-in balloting, you know, really could be good, and all these examples of how it can do turnout and all these things. I'm sure Idaho, because as a strong military, uh, uh, um, you know, um, uh, population that you have absentee balloting, which I don't think anybody is against absentee balloting. Uh, but mm-hmm. what's the status of these movements, mail-in balloting, early voting? Is Idaho fighting through that? Yeah, you know, this last time uh, in the primaries, we did do an all um, mail-in voting, and it was a mess. It really was. I still have people contacting me telling me they never received their ballot or they just did get it. Um, and uh, there was all sorts of complications and problems. Of course, our state was no, not. Now that was because to, you, you, that. You, to be clear, to be clear, you did it all mail in because of the China virus, right? COVID. Before yeah, that had yeah. happened, there had not been. So, will you go no. back to it? Do you think? I mean. Wh- Okay. No, um, no, I don't think we're going to go back to it. From what I'm hearing, there's probably going to be a combination where people, of course, can request an absentee ballot. And many did um, during the primary when they requested their ballot at that time. There was um, check 
boxes that you could request your next ballot that way. Um, but I had a lot of people contacting me telling me that they weren't going to go vote because they wanted to go in and vote in person, that they did not feel comfortable. They didn't feel things were secure um, if they had to mail in their ballots. And so I, I believe what I'm hearing is that there's going to be a combination for those that want to mail them in and those that want to go to the booth. Um, you know, we're being told, and I think every state is probably going through this too, that their problem is that they don't have enough volunteers to be able to, to handle the polls. And, um, and so we're working on that too. And there's been some very creative ideas that I've heard thrown out, including using the National Guard um, to be able to man the, the polling booth. Um, so we'll see. But I know people here you know, in our state very much want to be able to go in and vote in person. Um, and you know, if we could go to the grocery stores, if we can do those sorts of things, there's no reason <laughs> right. why we can't go in and, and vote. It's it's very very, you know, we can accommodate what it needs to be, and we can make it safe and secure for people that want to come in and vote in person. Well, let me ask you one more question again. We're talking with Tammy Nichols, who serves in the Idaho legislature, and uh, we're getting a perspective out there. But how, how on the China virus and and how the you know I, I, people that I have some friends that say, oh, the president should take over all the national policy. It'd be better if we had one policy. And I say, look, if you're from Idaho, the national policy you, you probably have to address you know New York. And and so I'm I'm a fan of of the idea that hey the the federal government's going to backstop the big stuff, uh, ventilators. Uh, if there's a crisis, they'll step in. But different states have to do different things. How is Idaho on on the the China virus now? I mean, how are you how are you seeing it? How are the the healthcare issues going? What's the what's the feeling there? Yeah, I think that's one of the concerns that a lot of people in my state have is that there's not a consistency throughout the state. And yeah, that is in part to, you know, different places need different things and are not all the same. But, um, you know, we're, we're very freedom loving here in Idaho and we don't like being told what to do by the government very well. And so, um, in areas, um, again, more of your rural areas, you see a lot of people that are, are not going along with all the, the mask mandates and, and, um, you know, and we're not really in a lockdown per se, um, but uh, like my county, they just voted, the health department um, voted last week that um, they were going to, they weren't mandating masks, but it was a suggestion, a strong suggestion. But there have been other parts of our state where they have mandated masks. And you're seeing people really not take to those um, besides, again, in the areas that are more purple. (laughs) So, um, but yeah, but we're fortunate. I mean, we haven't had the protests and riots. There have been protests that have been done here, but there's also been counter protests. Um, that have occurred because people want to make sure that our state, our areas don't turn into a Portland or or a um, Seattle or anything along those lines. We want to keep things safe and secure here. We're, we're all for people um, peacefully protesting. That's not an issue. But when things start turning into looting and rioting and, and mayhem, then we have a problem with that. And so it's been good. Um, things have stayed pretty civil um, overall. And so we just want to make sure that, you know, that everybody's, everybody's being good and behaving themselves and doing things the right way <laughs> and not cr- trying to destroy our state and burn it down. That's all we want. Spoken like a sp- not only a state legislator, le- state legislator, but also mom. So it sounds like everybody could do a little bit. Don't get out of hand. All right. Thanks, Tammy. Yeah. Thank you for the time. Tammy Nichols from Idaho. Thanks, Appreciate it very much. And uh, keep us informed. Uh, we'll take another quick break and be right back. It's Ed Martin here in the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. 
Ed Martin and the Pro-America Report on The Answer San Diego. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily commentary continuing the conservative pro-family legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. What took Justice Antonin Scalia decades to build, his self-described heir, Neil Gorsuch, burned down in one decision. Applauded by the liberal media, Gorsuch's incoherent opinion throws federal courts into the middle of the culture war over transgenderism. Justice Scalia could be rolling over in his grave at the demolition of the house he so painstakingly built on the U.S. Supreme Court. Gorsuch's 6-3 decision in Bostick v. Clayton County granted a broad new right of transgenders and homosexuals to sue their employers in federal court. Congress never intended to create special employment rights for transgenders and homosexuals when it enacted Title VII of the Civil Rights Act of 1964. The text of the statute is crystal clear in protecting against only historical kinds of discrimination. The only weak defense Gorsuch could offer for his pitiful actions was that, quote, the limits of the drafter's imagination supply no reason to ignore the law's demands. To put what Gorsuch was saying into other words, the Republican members of Congress who fought valiantly against segregationist Democrats may not have wanted to create privileges for transgenders, but that's just too bad. Even though the word transgender wasn't even invented until after this legislation passed, the only thing that matters is today's agenda. By reinterpreting a statute beyond its drafter's imagination, Gorsuch implicitly mocks textualism and originalism, which have been the hallmark of conservative jurisprudence for decades. Originalism is a legal principle with a very simple meaning. Judges should interpret the law according to what the law says, according to the understanding at the time it was written. They should give weight to the original intent of the people who penned the laws. It isn't fair for unelected judges to apply modern interpretations to laws from the past. If the American people wanted new laws to reflect new ways of thinking, they're free to do so through their elected officials. The unelected Supreme Court should have no say in this matter. If we want to safeguard the timeless principles in our beloved U.S. Constitution, we must hold fast to the doctrines of originalism in our federal judiciary. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Can activist judges be stopped, or will they continue to overturn laws with no regard for the Constitution or the will of the people? Connect with us at phyllisschlafly.com to hear alerts on rulings made by never-elected supremacist judges and to share your viewpoint. That's phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Welcome back, Ed Martin. Hey, we went long on those two great interviews tonight, so I'm sorry. I just got a minute or two left. Let me do a couple of housekeeping things. First of all, let me set up for you. Tomorrow night, we're going to talk about this issue. You might have heard about it, but you might not. But when I tell you about it, you're not going to be surprised. The Obama administration put in place a bunch of rules that were going to force, they sort of have been forcing, the suburbs in America to change their zoning if they wanted to continue to get federal funding for everything from housing to, you know, highways and all the rest, the way they do these things. And Joe Biden has endorsed uh, um, expanding this. Basically, what would happen is you wouldn't be able to have communities in the suburbs that didn't have low income housing in every part of it. 
And so the, the, the Trump administration has rolled back these rules. They were all done by rules. Typical Obama using his pen and his phone. Remember he said that he'd do that? His pen and his phone. And they rolled back. Excuse me. The Obama-Biden administration had done these rules. And when I'm, I'm setting this up, I won't go into the details. Here's what you need to know. And we'll talk about this tomorrow night. I'm going to try to get one of the authors who's written on this to come on and talk about it. But what you need to know is basically this. Obama-Biden had a plan to force the suburbs to uh, comply with this kind of left-wing agenda in terms of zoning. Cory Booker, the senator from New Jersey, in his presidential run expanded on this, said we need to do more of it. And Joe Biden said, good idea. When I'm president, I'll do that. And so you, we got a problem here. Tomorrow night we're going to go into it and we'll check it out. So I'll get, I'll get all that for you tomorrow night. I look forward to that when we come back. All right. Thank you, as always, to Noah, our technical director, for another great show. Don't forget, go to ProAmericaReport.com and you can sign up there to get the Daily Wink and all these interviews you can hear again. And thank you to Joanna for helping book the show. Thank you for listening. We'll be back tomorrow night. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Talk to you tomorrow night.